Hey, what is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Surgecast, Season Two, Episode Forty, presented by Primal X Hockey and part of the Five and the Game Sports Network. I'm Zach Martin. I'm Bailey Curtis. I'm Kat Hunter, and it's the Martinook episode, <laughs> number 48. How fitting for the Martinook episode, <laughs> and also for the fact that your Carolina Hurricanes are Eastern Conference Final bound after knocking out the Let's go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, 4-1 series win, just like 2006. It's just... It's all coming Too together. Too many poetic things are happening now. Too many. The jerseys, the how the series went down, the fact that the Devils scored first in that game, and the Canes ended up winning that game, too, in 06. Mm. It's just Sid and Ovi didn't make it. It's just – it's it's all coming together. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All coming what up a game. Us, baby. What a, what a game. And now we're waiting for the Panthers and the Maple Leafs. Of course, you know, they could – could They're fashionably have, you know, late to the party. Who else is surprised? On uh, nobody, because <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes were also the first team to punch their ticket to a conference final. What a what a great game last night. PNC was rocking. The vibes are vibing. The boys are amped. Seth Seth Jarvis is just a whole freaking mood. Like grabbing like one of the guy one of the trainers' heads and just screaming. It's just like oh my gosh, the vibes are here. Okay. The the party is fun. Mm-hmm. Jordan, I mean, Jordan. I didn't Martin get to watch the first period, but from what I did watch, oh my gosh, just there, there were moments where you could tell Jersey kind of had a one up, whatever. They got some lucky bounces, whatever. But bad, bad penalty, yeah. Well, power, play, power plays that should never have happened in the first right. place. But what well, else was new during those playoffs, too? So, no, none really, um, but just for, uh, the Hurricanes, though. Oh my absolute goodness. When they came out to play team. when they wanted to. Speaking, <laughs> speaking as the one that was there, um, it was an interesting Lucky, rubbing it, in, <laughs> rubbing it in. Here's a quick flex on your real quick. Right, you guys could hear, for, you could hear Forsland call the game. I mean, that's also a privilege. So, uh, I was in Buffalo Wild Wings for most of it. Oh, all right, uh, well, he, yeah. he was actually on the radio side thing, so TV had Olchek again and the other guys. Oh, so. Yeah. So Forslund wasn't on TV. He was on a radio on the radio side thing. So I still listen to our guys. You know, anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> so going into the game, so it was really interesting. We came out and dominated that first period. Um, mm-hmm. Like the shots, the shot counts, and the score did not show who was actually in control of that first period. Yep. Um, and interesting enough, like we met up at intermission, uh, me, Colin, and Jules, and we all were like, you know what? We're not actually like – we're not dis. We must have felt. For first, I felt like Rod probably did in the locker room. I was like, I'm not upset with our efforts. I liked everything we were doing. I couldn't really give you a, a breakdown of anything, and like we just like all the chances were there. We just weren't putting anything in the net, and so it's like I can't tell you to change anything. I'm not disappointed, and I'm also not worried because the Canes were controlling it the whole way. Um, and then of course they they get right back in there at the beginning of the second. Um, but you're right, Bailey. In the second, the Devils seem to take a lot of the momentum again. Um, I actually didn't see their second goal really on the power play because I had to watch the replay because PNC decided to do their um, famous parachute drop of the t-shirts. And it was still going on while the game started. So, oh, gosh. yeah, most fans didn't know that they scored. They didn't even know that this game started again. Um, so... Yep. So that was a thing, but oh man, you it the vibes in there when Burn scored that goal was electric. Oh like, yeah! All of a sudden, the Devils had nothing. Like you weren't gonna beat the Carolina Hurricanes after Brent Burns put that puck in the net. I think I think it was Mary on Twitter who pointed out like once when she was like I, when I saw like uh, Stall do his little jump after the Burns goal like you knew it was they were gonna it win. It was so cute. I didn't think it, it's like a Jarvie reaction, but it's from your captain who's normally pretty so, like solemn. Yeah. So you're yeah. like, yes, they're feeling it. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, the the thing that really sucked is like for the Devils though, it's like the reason why they got that power play is because of a roughing on Kakinyami, which. Curtis Lazar went up high. They got tangled up. That was that was a weak call. Like that one should never always been called the retaliation. Yep. Oh yeah, always. And it's, it's just one of those tic tacky plays you should never even call for. But it is what it is. But the fact that they didn't really quit at all 
and it just showed the resiliency of the team and the fact that <laughs> that second goal, I mean, it's kind of – it was just – Shea didn't get there fast enough. Friday didn't control the rebound enough. And Yeah, I think a big part of it was just that Freddie rebound because yeah. you, you could see it. And I'm, I'm sitting here replaying it, so I kind of can bring it back in my mind. So – Bounced off Freddie's pads. He didn't control the rebound. Meyer was just there to tap it in. So through, through the five hole too, which it is mm-hmm. what it is. But like like you said, Cat Burns's goal was just it like thirty eight seconds left in the second period. You're like, all right, go to the third, down two one. You'll figure it out. Then he scores with thirty eight seconds left. The building building erupts. You're like, okay, the boys. We're not are out of this thing. And and this is in from Kane's the last Kane's cast episode, and Shane Willis brought this up, which I thought it was insane. Like the Devils in game four, they only had five shots in the third period. So like if the Devils ever get down or you take the wind out of their cells, it's almost like they just fall apart. Mm-hmm. And kind of like I think when Burns scored, I think the whole third period, like it was it was a lot closer. Like it was close, but I still think the Canes had a big advantage because of the fact they were just peppering. Schmidt all that third period. There's mm-hmm. nothing like poor Jesper Foss. He was like what oh for five on goal attempts, and it's just like I called trying- it. I called that he would have the next <laughs> goal. I called it. This is my claim to fame right now. I called it. Called it in second intermission. I said that man will score the next goal for us. Yeah, called it. Called it. <laughs> I just like how the NHL could not figure out who scored the first Kings goal because it was Slavin. Then they went to Cock and the Emmy, then went back to Slavin again. So it was like they couldn't figure out who scored the first goal. And everyone thought that KK scored the third scored the overtime winner. And they're like, no, it was Jesper Faust, which was they just, just even- listen, they just don't expect our man to score. And I mean fair, but he had to expel the devils out of there and he was doing his <laughs> job. Hmm. How 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 about JP from the Kings? Um social media group like he the graphic is, designer for the canes man is killing it jack um yeah jack is jack is cooking he is cooking with something and it's like the fact that it's like have a blessed stay for game five was insane and then, then the hell froze over and he's like he, his cat as stormy like, would like, say man's got the hog in him so yeah <laughs> how, how, how the i'm pretty sure one of them just said bye <laughs> Well, like his personal, uh, his caption on his personal account was just so great. All he said was, um, "We found Jack Hughes's tooth," and I'm like, "Sir, <laughs> <laughs> sir, <laughs> yeah." The the graphics has just been absolutely just nails the entire time. Mm-hmm. It's the vibes are vibing. It's like I'll be excited the, to see what they can come up with for the Eastern Conference oh, the, Final, especially if it's the Leafs or the Panthers. You know they're going to go all in on the Panthers if it's them. Oh my goodness! Oh, but yeah. just. But like even the like talk about the videography team too, like all the game recaps they've been dropping out too have been absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. So yeah. uh, it's just the whole social media aspect and the videography crew over there at the Hurricanes are just absolutely also, on the can we talk about the cameo they posted <laughs> New Jersey Club <laughs> congratulating us on our win. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Like that had all of the that had all of like the big accounts being like, okay, bravo to the Canes for coming up with this. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the fact that someone actually tweeted Dan about it he goes, Yeah, we've been working on that. We're glad we were able to use those. And it's like the, f- oh the fact God. that like, that was like instantly ready for them to use. I'm like, oh yeah, they, they had they had to drop like all so much money on those and mm-hmm. pray that the hurricanes do it. Yeah. Yeah. To be just, extra confident in that kind of thing. I mean, the, the, the canes just, they, they don't care. Like we, we do a lot. We do some trolling and like, they'll let you know about it. Like this is true. I feel like on, small market chip on the shoulder. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of talking about small market and everything that we love about the canes and um, why, uh, if you're, Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you should be a supporter of the Canes. Um, Hopefully. Do you, I mean, why do you <laughs> when you sit here and listen to us talk about them nonstop otherwise? Um, but uh, <laughs> if you are not fully committed and or you have someone wondering who they should cheer for now that their team is out of the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs or just someone that's not quite 
into hockey and doesn't really know about it. Um, I suggest uh, Sarah Sivian's article that she just wrote is mm. honestly, as a Canes fan, I really appreciated it. Um, just oh, reading through it, it kind of just, it says everything that we've been saying, but obviously with a much more eloquent touch than what we can type in our certain amount of characters on Twitter. Um, just talking about like, Hey, we love our team. Uh, we love them despite the fact that you don't seem to. Um, this is why. And it talks about our coach. It talks about our players. It just talks about that we find ways to win. Um, and it just kind of like, these are the why. These are the reasons why you should support them. And it's everything we've been saying from the get go. And it's just a lovely read. And it just feels it feels good to our team to be seen and as fans to be seen and what we're saying about them. So yeah, for, yeah, 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 yeah. Check that on Bleacher Report from Sarah Sivian. That was a really great article. It was mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. and the the fact she went in on on Pete Blackburn, <laughs> which is like the he, of, he saw it. The too. amount of screenshots. <laughs> He saw it too. <laughs> there was a good number of tweets in there, and it was just like, "Yep, Sarah gets it." It's just, yeah, no. The fact that it's like, and there was someone posted a photo too of like all the predictions from like all the analysts and stuff. I think the Devils had like a good majority of like all the picks. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are picking Devils in seven, Devils in six. There's a couple Canes in six, and like a lot of them were Canes in seven. But it was just like. Guy, keep them receipts. Just, and I have to say, that's it, cat. Your latest TikTok video, phenomenal. <laughs> so, the transition was just amazing. Let me reintroduce myself. I was really scared that for like you know when we got down in that game, I got nervous because I didn't want to jinx us. And but I was like, I feel really positive about this game. Like yeah. I'm telling you, Zach. Since I yelled at you to be positive that one episode, <laughs> things have been great. Things have been fantastic. I had multiple I'll, I'll, people come up to me too because I've been adopting that mindset as well. Like, hey, we're gonna do it. There's no more. Hopefully, there's no more like hesitation about it. We are going to do it. Grant looks at me and goes, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't like try to jump the gun here. Maybe you nope. should be a little more humble." And I'm like, "No, Grant. No, Grant. Because humble doesn't get things done." No, no, it's not a I'm matter. The, I'm, I'm, I'm the positive one usually. Like, you never see me with like a take or like I'm like. No, but we're taking away the hopefullys. We're taking away, listen, it's not even a talk about being humble, okay? It's a talk about being confident. I don't need to be, it's not overconfidence. It's not cockiness. It's saying, hey, we know what our team can do. We've seen them play. We know what they can do. The rest of the media, the rest of the league does not seem to, they don't know what we have. They don't believe in us. Apparently, we don't have any depth. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) it's just, it's just being like, hey, I believe in my team. We are going to win because now we have seen we've shown it in two rounds now that when the Carolina Hurricanes set their mind to play Carolina Hurricanes hockey and they want to win, they win. All right. Mm-hmm. It's only ta- we've only had two games where we're, we had to adjust because we didn't have Rod Brindamore's last change that he utilizes like better than anyone else in the league. And we're on, not on home ice. We took those two games in stride, especially the last the loss against the Devils. And we were like, hey. Um, this one, we're not even going to like, we did the loss of the Islanders and everything broke down, it broke down a little bit against the devils. We still, we're like, Nope, we're going to make you fight for this now. And then the next game on game four, we're like, uh, no, we're back and we're taking this now. Yeah, We're taking full control of it. We don't care if we're in your barn. We don't care if you score first, we're here. For the mm-hmm. fact the for the fact to the, how dominant the game was, cause like you go, the crazy part is. The fact that the Hurricanes scored four goals on six shots in five minutes and 20 seconds is the fastest four goals in franchise playoff hockey. On the That's, team that no, everyone said we had trouble scoring. We lost players to injuries, and they said we cannot score. And here they yeah. are here in that amount of time. <laughs> if I hear one more thing about the trade deadline, I am going to lose my shit. I look this this is me being cocky egg on all your faces egg and I, people have said it on Twitter people have said it on Twitter Alex has said it on Twitter most most people egg on your faces as soon as you saw the trade deadline and you said oh we didn't do enough or once uh, once Fetch got injured and you said oh we're a first round exit egg on all your faces that you thought I told you it was going to be harder it was going to it was never going to be impossible but it was definitely going to be harder and it has been harder but the Canes have stepped up to that challenge. You cannot give up on this team 
before that final game whistle. You can't. You know, I, I mean, the, the deadline. The deadline's only one step in the process. I mean, we Rangers got Ken Tarasenko. What did they do? Lost. There's the not time. a deadline acquisition, especially the ones we were looking at. Tarasenko, Kane, Meyer. Meyer. Who's not in the playoffs now? Who? <laughs> Billy, you were gonna, you were no, Billy, you were gonna I that. had an interesting take. No, it's fine. Uh heard an interesting take uh somewhere that was saying with Svetch and um Pacioretty on the team, the person I was talking to didn't think that we would make it as far. And it's not my boyfriend, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> but they were like, yeah, if you had all that top talent, I honestly don't think you would have made it as far. And I honestly can see why they would think that too, because there's a lot of adversity that this group specifically has to fight through without having some of that top scoring talent, some of that brutal physical talent, um, peppering the top lines. And so they, it causes other people. And it really, I think shows off our depth in that yeah. sense too. And it, it forces other guys who maybe didn't have as great of a season played well, but didn't have as great of a season, forcing them to kind of rise up and take control of aspects of the game. Jordan that not normally used to being uh, <laughs> part of Jordan Martinuk being a fantastic example. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Well, you, we got Martinuk and Foss on the, on the second line. Now you never, you would never see them. You, no one ever thought that they'd come off the third line with Jordo. And yeah. now they're playing with KK and they're they're absolutely buzzing. I mean, Steph Nason on the top line with Aho and Jarvis. No one saw that. I mean, look at McEachern. Just going, oh he gosh. was he was so present. I'm in love with in that the, man. He is the last two games. <laughs> he will hit anything and everything, and he Trip, doesn't care. Trip Trip Tracy on the radio kept talking about how like, he's like Mac is flying. He is feeling. He's making mm-hmm. his presence felt known. Trip was loving. Mackenzie McEachern last night, even in game four. Who doesn't? Because that's the presence. That's the presence we lost when we lost Fetch. That's mm-hmm. the presence we lost. The guy that's going to hit you up against the boards. The guy that's going to give you a hard time. He's going to battle for the buck. That's the mm-hmm. presence you want to see from, from Puyarvi, but he doesn't utilize that for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So I, to see it from Mac, honestly, I imagine if you had Svetch back in the lineup and you had that going on one of the lines and you had Mac on the other another line, you would be just and then you also had Martinuk, Faust, and Stahl. Those they would be and Nason being a little pest. We would be so irritating. Uh don't forget Not, Jack Fury, too. Yeah. Except <laughs> Jarvis it, it, every now and then with a giant hit. <laughs> well, it, we and think about this though, too. And Alex Ahari brought this up. It's like with the addition of Mac and how he's been playing and how Nason's been playing. And like you, let's say you know, Spetch does come back. I mean, he is going to come back. But like you say, look, what if the Kings bring back Pacioretty? Is there a possibility that the Kings don't exercise that three million dollar um, clause in Poliarvi's because Poliarvi's a um, uh, RFA, and his his I think it's like three million dollars for his qualifying offer. Do you think the Kings take it or not? And for me, it's like. I don't know if I want to exercise that $3 million because if you look at how Max played in his – like, yeah, it's a small sample size, but Mac played well in Chicago. I mean, ask Andrew Rinaldi. He knows. Mm-hmm. Like, the way he's been playing. Like, the addition of Mac in the lineup of round one and game four, goal and assist, then in game four this series and last night. Mm-hmm. And when we had Moose on, he even brought it up. It's like, Mac is Mr. Game four, but even then it's the fact that he's made – his made his presence known so well in like three playoff games. Mm-hmm. It almost makes me feel like that Mac should have a he should be on the team next year. And you have Nason back, and then you like you said, bring Patchetti back as well, and you keep Svetch. I think you're gonna make this lineup even more tough to crack if you have all those guys back too in the D and and honestly, you gotta bring Ghost back. Like his, Ghost's reaction last night on a lot of the social stuff, and the way he like jumped into that dog pile. Yep. You you gotta keep Gosh spare too. The, the the difference between so I would say the thing you have to look at when you're looking at Mac and you're looking at Player Garvey is who do you notice when they're on the ice? Not not if they're scoring or not. Who do you notice? And I notice Mac. I don't notice Blue mm-hmm. Yarby. He does. He does some of the fa- like fundamentals very well. Mm-hmm. 
But that's not enough, especially in playoff hockey. It's not enough. You need him to do that extra work. Like I said last time, you need him to do the extra work. And Mac is taking full advantage of that. Um, at the moment, I would say Mac is making a case for himself over Pugliarvi. Um, yeah. I would love to see Pugliarvi. Like Alex said, like we, everyone is excited to see it. It's an experiment. You want to be like, yeah, let's get another Finn. Let's see what he can do. Let's go. But Mac is proving that he wants that spot. And he's, I mean, it's kind of the same. I would say it's the same as when we had the beginning of season. And, you know, we thought Coglin was a lock. Um, we thought a couple guys were a lock. And Chatfield came in and played his heart out. And he won that spot. Like he's mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna. You, this is my chance to be up here. I'm gonna do my best every single time, and I'm gonna show you I deserve it. And he did, and he got right into it. I think Mac has proven the same, and same with Nathan. I think they've come up and proven like this is my chance to be in this league. I'm gonna make it count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like I said, I, I like pull you. It's he seems like he is a good, is a good guy and stuff like that. It's just, it, it, I don't know. For me, it's like you see enough of Max play now where it's like, you've got to have McKenzie McKecker in more. And well, it's just, it's just he one seems of those to things. Go from the get go, right? Like he seems to go from the get go where Paul RV seems like it could be a longer process of getting him into where you need him to be. So are you right. going to on that process? Or are you going to take the guy that's going as soon as the whistle blows? Yeah, right. Exactly. So, but of course that's a lot more off season talk and stuff like that, but it's just the way Max been playing, how the, the whole lamps been playing is just absolutely insane. I mean, going back to Jordan Martin, cause you know, cat brought him up and in, in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Martin four- episode, Zach. Number we 48. can't not talk about him. It's the yeah. series of Martin. <laughs> Apparently, to the ESPN guys, the second Gretzky. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> or as Adam Gold keeps calling him, I think it's like a Jordan McMartinuck or something like that. It's um, <laughs> Jordan Martinuck is the first player in franchise history. Marty Conn Smythe. <laughs> yeah, I've been using Marty Conn Smythe. Oh. Four consecutive multi point playoff games. First, first came to do that. Like mm-hmm. Jordan, Jordan Martinuk is absolutely feeling it right now. I mean, uh, officially last night he tied Base Battaglia and Corey Stillman for ten points in a playoff series. Yeah, that's some com- that is some company to be in. We yeah. got Bates and Corey Stillman with ten. He had zero in the first round. Comes into this round just and just absolutely goes. Go, comes into this round and says, "Hold my beer." At this point, he, <laughs> I mean, essentially, yeah. In that um, fourth game, he pulled us by his damn bootstraps and was like, "Oh no, this is my game." And he got the he got the puck to Natchez. He scored his own. He got other like he was. I, I when we got down that one, we were it seemed a little out of it. And Martinick was like, "Hold my beer, I'm ready to play." I mean, he, he made the broadcast talk about him. He said, I'm here. "And go ahead, Zach." No, to... go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, say, I yelled at people to say egg on your face earlier. I mean, I will totally, I'll take it right back. I have criticized Martinuk in the past. 100%. Absolutely. Granted, that's first line Martinuk. That's mostly where I had the issue. It was mm-hmm. never just Martinuk. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always yeah. loved his energy, his energy, his locker room presence, all of this stuff. And now he's starting to get the results on the ice which was always like, man, Martinuk, if you could just do that one extra thing, I would love you even more. Now he is. But again, he's not first line, so I think that's also why he's flying. Like, it's just he had to find the right spot on the lineup for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that used to be with uh, alongside there. Stall and Faust. Yeah. too, Because we we sit here and pray, sing the praises of that shutdown line that he found himself to be a part of too. And now it's like, you're seeing a completely different side of Martinuk. That's not the, Oh, he can help shut down play in the neutral zone and help with those transitions, whatever you're seeing a guy who's sitting there and pressing on the offensive zone. Oh yeah. Which is something we're not really used to seeing from takeaways. Like he's doing like Ajo takeaways, like Mm -hmm. he's going in there one on three and getting the puck. I forget yeah. what game. I forget what game it was. I saw a stat. I think it was game. I think it was game four. Actually, where it was like take. Away, I think the Canes had like twenty six takeaways to the Devils like two. What? Like it was just some un, unreal stat. I mean, like I said, like Jordan Martin now he has the longest multi point game playoff streak. I mean, Sebastian Aho had three games back in twenty twenty, 
And the other guy was Base Pataza. He had three games back in 2002. Like, mm-hmm. that really should tell you the fact of how Marnuk just went absolutely off and just took care of business. It's it's absolutely scary how good he's been playing. And and from Walt Ruff, and this was back after you know the Kings went up 3-1, he asked Marnuk, even Marnuk was surprised by how good he's been playing. Uh, being able to contribute and help and help have a 3-1 lead is the biggest part. If I had zero points like I did in round one and we're winning, I'd be in the same exact the exact same position. So it's like even though he is scoring, he's like, okay, I'm that's fine. What a humble <laughs> king. <laughs> so humble. So humble. But it's just like it's absolutely insane just how good he's been playing right now. And you just love to see it from him. And it's and you gotta talk about so with him, Quickie and Stall, like they were such a shutdown line. And every now and then they're such with their ability to shut down, they'd also get opportunities to score. And we have to continuously talk about it that KK is again coming up as kind of a second stall, but even more so that he is elevating his teammates offensively. Like, again, he's getting his due. Like, he's had his his goals this series, but now he's getting the assist. He is elevating Martinook and Quickie's game while still being a shutdown line. And that's mm-hmm. not taking away from Stahl because Stahl is now accompanied by Drury and Natchez. Natchez, who's getting points of his own. Drury, who's cl- – like, he is so close. There's times I'm like, he can taste it. But, and, but still doing his main job of, like – I'm sorry, those signs where it had, like, who's your daddy, and it had Ajo's face next to – Jack Hughes mom it shouldn't have been Aho it should have been Jordan Stahl because that boy is gonna have nightmares about that man shutting him down about this series he could do nothing nothing <laughs> as long as Jordan Stahl was on the ice yeah no well speaking of, speaking of Jordan Stahl we have to mention this real quick about the captain uh he has been nominated for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy yes by congrats the Jordo Yep, every, every every team has one representative, and Jordo is our representative for the King Clancy. So that's absolutely absolutely amazing. But I mean, we're talking about Jordan Martin. But there's a lot of other guys we got to talk about too. How about Brent Burns? Became the oldest defenseman in Kane's Whalers franchise history with a playoff goal. The clip in the previous mark set by Brett Hedekin, who was 35 years and 239 days in Game Six of the 06 Conference Final. Brent Burns. It's 38 years and 61 days. <laughs> He's the oldest Hurricanes defenseman to score a goal in the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It, I mean, well, here's another great stat for you. Uh, most points by a defenseman 38 years or older in their first 10 games uh, of a playoff year. Burns has seven, and this was back in, like, game after game four. He had seven. The other guys, Nick Lindstrom had 10, Ray Bork had 8, Chilios had 8, and then Lindstrom did it two more times at 8, and then Burns and then Al, uh, Al McKennis in 2002. But Nicholas Lindstrom did it in 09, 02, 2010, and 2011. So Brent Burns is putting himself in some uh, elite company. But you know what? There's a, you know what? If you talk about one defenseman, you got to talk about his – defensive pair partner hmm. and that is mr jacob slavin because we all know what the second c stands for and someone on twitter said christ-like and i'm like you're not wrong you're not <laughs> wrong but the second c stands for clutch this uh, is true so from the Kane stat brand absolutely amazing he's always got to shout them out listen defensemen in the nhl playoff history to record a plus 11 or higher in the first four games in this in a four game span how about jacob slavin being one of them this year. And the other ones are Larry Mur- uh, Larry Murphy in 1997, Brian Leach of 90 in 1994, Paul Coffey in 85, Charlie Huddy in 85, Brad Park in 83, Larry Robinson in 1978, and Serge Savard in 1978. Out of that entire list, only Charlie Huddy isn't in a Hall of Famer, and currently Jacob Slave is an active player. So what you're telling me is... Jacob Slavin has to go to the Hall of Fame at some point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm I all mean, for the Jacob Slavin future Hall of Famer talks. Absolutely. I, I know I know a certain someone on this podcast also feels the same way too. I mean I hope so anyway, with as much as she sings his praises. One hundred percent. 
I just don't have much to add. Like his stats and what he does, like speaks for himself. Again, I watched him last night skate through like five guys and none of them tried to touch him. And I'm like, that is that is the hand of God on that man. I mean, he, I mean, he did score. He did score a great goal to tie the game up too. Um, you know what though? Keith Stabbrand with another great stat, also by Mister Jacob Slavin. There's a there's a few we're gonna get through real quick. How about Mister Slavin being the first defenseman in Hurricanes history with an assist in four straight playoff games, including this, and this included last night. Wow. Oh, do you, I mean I got more if you want? Because uh, please about, keep them rolling. Angel Public Relations. Jacob Slavin scored a six career playoff goal, six goals, 27 assists for 33 points in 56 games. He has now tied Dougie Hamilton, who had six goals, eight assists for 14 points in 31 games. For the second most by a defenseman in franchise history, he is now only one playoff goal short of Dave Babish, who had seven in 20, who had 20 points in 31 games played. So Mr. Slavin only needs one more assist to tie, and then only needs two more to be the, to have the most career playoff goals. Which the way that the Canes are rolling, I, I, I think it's it going to happen. I think it's going to, I think it's going to happen. Um, there's a, you know, it's not about Mr. Slavin, but I, I find this stat very amazing. And I love, I want to bring this up real quick, just because, you know, Cat was dunking on some people earlier. Eric, Eric Hollow became the first player in Stanley Cup playoff history to be eliminated by the same opponent in three consecutive postseasons while on three different teams. <laughs> it goes to show that maybe the teams weren't the problem. I don't Nashville, know Boston, and New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know why the the Devils fans now seem to think that we are the problem between us and Hala. If you look at his past with like how many times he's bounced between teams, first of all, Minnesota, <laughs> Nashville, listen, if, it, if that man was an opera, like if that man was a guy that you're like, oh, should I date him? Um, no, it looks like he bounces from girl to girl to girl. Red <laughs> that is the same thing with the team. The red, reddest of red flags. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, go. No, go reverse, if anything. So, that first of all, that's a red flag. Okay, yeah, bravo that he's doing well for you right now. He did well for us for a little bit. And then, you know, again, I'll say this again. He had his own personal things, things that happened, but nothing – there was nothing the Canes did. We support and the fans themselves. We supported that man. We supported his family. He just didn't get along with Rod. He didn't get along with our system. And like many of the articles are saying now is like you, the guys play so well because they don't want to disappoint Rod, but they're having fun while doing it because it's a rewarding system. It's not, it's, it's not a break down your spirit kind of system. So when you're going against a player's coach like that, and you're going against a system like that, there's going to be conflict. There's enough conflict that we're like, okay, you can leave. We'll take Trocek. <laughs> we'll take him. And what Hala does in response is like the first couple of games we play him, he goes after his old line mate, like with some big, like, come on. It's, there was a, there was a sign. I think uh, Jules shared it. Oh, that was so uh, great. Best sign. And of course, we got to reference it for the, the Swifties out there, but it just oh, had yes. a face and all the teams he's been on. And it said, Hey, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. And it's well, 100% accurate. Well, the fact that they said, like, instead of saying hi, it's a holla. It's me. Absolutely fantastic. That was just, it did me to even just pour more salt in the wound. Aaron Manning writes, put this tweet out. So good. The Battle of Pori. Ended up a kind of lopsided. Halla had no points in five games, while KK had five points in five games. Speaking of the fact that they both played on at one play, played on the same team back in Finland, and KK absolutely just dominated. And there was an, I forget who put the other stat out, but um, Eric Halla was a minus seven, zero goals, zero assists for zero points. Basically, had five conditioning bag skates and got and got pumped by Steph Nason in a fight. Like, thank you for just at least you knew where the parking lot was because oh you wrote because you because you wrote on the team <laughs> bus because you and wrote you on the team bus, and you can't compare you can't compare players 
without comparing. And I mean, I know people love him and he's still a good guy and I'm very happy for what he's done for our team. But I mean, you still got to compare Dougie and Burns. One is built for playoffs and one is not. I think, yeah, I think Dougie at one point was like a minus, I think it's minus 11. I don't know where he's at now. Would, but. That's another, that's another bit. We talked about pulling your RV with this, but that's another big guy that d- won't throw his weight. He won't. Just last that. night alone, Dougie was a minus two. So he so it's minus thirteen then. If math if, if the math is mathing minus thirteen, oh, which is sorry, probably th- not, but it's the thought that counts. Also, <laughs> here's sorry, sorry here's the one from Cat uh, the Kane Stabbering. I did kind of miss about Mister Jacob Slavin. Uh, List of defensemen since 1959 to 1960 to go plus twelve in a five game span in the same series. Brad Park in 1983 against the Buffalo Sabers. Jacob Slavin against the New Jersey Devils. Jacob Slavin went plus 12 or better in one series. That's the list. Two guys. That's it. Since 1959 and 1960, two guys plus 12 or better in one playoff series. And one of them is Mr. Jacob Slavin. But, you know, people people think he doesn't deserve to have Norse, but, you know. People aren't ready for that conversation yet. They're, 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 they're not ready for that conversation yet. Miss me with that. Uh, do you have the reference this real quick? Corey Laviolette, the Hurricanes' first round pick will be no higher than 30th. Mm. Oh, I'm not upset by it because you know what that means? Deep playoff run. Yeah. All I, all I, that's all I care about. Hey, hey, you might find some guys in the back half of the first round. Like, it's not all about the top that's five. That's what we're picks. good at. I'm not worried. Uh, Sebastian Ajo in the second round. I'm, yeah. Jacob I, Slavin in the fifth. The have a knack of finding the hidden talent, even if it's not in the first round picks. Exactly. And, I mean, we've got, I mean, not saying we've gotten first overall. We've, we've gotten that. We've been traded high picks before as well. We find the talent where it is. Like, it doesn't matter if it's going to be at the top or the bottom. And with the way we've drafted and the way that we've done things, I'm not worried about it. There are other teams that are that are a lot more in need of depth. Well, you, the, you want to hear the funny, the funny part though is since 1999, Hurricanes have not owned a first overall pick in the draft. Not once. Mm-hmm. The 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 Oilers had three straight. The Blackhawks have had at least two, maybe three. The Hurricanes have never owned a first overall pick. Ever. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that says more good than it does bad. Oh no, it does. Because <laughs> well, I, I think I think I think the highest we've drafted is second. It and shows for Andrei Well, it shows we don't build we don't build an organization around one guy superstar. Mm-hmm. As much as the media hates on us for it, we don't do that. And it's honestly, it's to our benefit because you pull in guys and utilize their strengths, and you win as a team. Because if you don't have, like, for, for example, if we had built this whole team around Svetch and Svetch went down, what would this team do? This well, team yeah. knew it wasn't it wasn't a one-man show. It never has been. Right. Well, and, and, and I put this, and I tweeted this out the other day when um, there was a video, I think it was Blackburn's, about talking the difference with the Hurricanes with their depth. I'm like, that's the thing about the Carolina way of hockey is the fact that it's not built around one or two guys. It's built on an entire team who's bought into the system and fight for each other. And like, that's the thing that like the people are like, Oh, well the hurricanes, you know, they lost their top three guys. They're not going to score, but look at the guys who are scoring. Look at how the defense has been playing. Look at the goaltending, how good that's been. It's guys buying into a system that works. And we talk about how Rod has the touch. He knows how to control that locker room and the guys will play for him. And that's what they've done. I mean, like I said, I mentioned goaltending real quick. How about this little stat from uh, Frederick Anderson? 5-0, 0.931 save percentage. Oh, yeah, and 10 total goals allowed in six appearances. Thank you, Waltwar, for that tweet, by the way. But, yeah. Love to see Ronta back on the bench, though. I'm excited that Father mm-hmm. is back. He's yes. better and back up their backing, and I feel very confident in both. Yeah, but – yeah. Egg on my face. I was worried about Freddie and he should he is proving even he's proving me wrong. So I'll take it. Yeah. I will happily eat that. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just for the fact of how fact how good Freddie's been playing outside of like game four. He's playing out of his mind hockey right now. Like I said, ten goals in six games. 
Mm-hmm. We've seen goalies give up more than two games combined. He's done 10 and six. Yeah. It's like, it, it's insane. It goes out to all of the Freddy haters. Though. Oh, outside of game three. Outside of game three. So, yeah, sorry, game three, not game four. Yeah, I was sorry, like, wait three. a minute, he only let one in, Zach. <laughs> sorry, game, all to be honest with you, this whole week has been a blur, and all these games are starting to get start just combining into themselves because it's been flying for me. So yes, I'm sorry, also, it was game three. No, you're good. Also, talking about you know superstars, one guy on the team, all of that. Um, so I guess you would say most people would credit Aho being our our main guy now. Um, last two games, it hasn't had to be the Aho show. No, had to do it. Like he will step up and he'll he'll work and he'll do what he needs to do. And like everyone's like, "Come on, Aho!" You like you know you can feel like if he wants to win, he will get action done. Like he is so competitive. But the guys are also like that game four win. He didn't. He wasn't one of the guys that scored, and he was fine. He was like, "We got the win. That's all that matters to me." Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. It's a team win. I don't care if I have the. I don't care if I got this goal or whatnot. As long as I, the team is winning, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's not a me first attitude, and I love it. Mm-hmm. No, it, it, you love to see it. And it's absolutely amazing. And you want to talk about, like you said, talk about guys who are stepping up for the team. How about Jesper Faust? I mean, how about how about this? The Canes players to get a playoff series winning OT goal. We'll go from the from like later to most recent. Martin Jelena in 2002 in the conference final against Toronto. Corey Stillman, 2006 conference quarterfinal against Montreal. Scotty Walker, 2009 conference semifinal against Boston. Brock McGinn, 2019 round one against Washington. Sebastian Ajo, 2021 round one against the against National Predators. Paul Stasny, round one this year against the Islanders. And then Jesper Foss tonight, well, last night, game five against New Jersey. Thank you, Stats Centra, for that one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, talk about, like, Jesper Foss. It's like NHL Public Relations. Became, Jesper Foss became the fourth player in franchise history with multiple overtime tallies in a single postseason joining Jordan Stahl, who had two in 2021, Nicholas Valine, who had two in 2002, and then Corey Stillman in 06. And this is the act, and this is the graphic. The Hurricanes became the 12th team in NHL history to have each of their first two series clinching wins in a playoff year come in overtime. Nine of those instances occurred in the league's expansion era between 19, since 67-68. And talking about overtime winning streaks, how about the Hurricanes? Seven and zero in their past seven playoff overtime games. Yeah, and they have tied the Lightning, who did it from 2006 to 2020. The Penguins from 2001 to 09. The Ducks from 03. And this actually, the Ducks did it seven times between April 10th to May to June 2nd of 2003, and the Colorado Avalanche from 04 to 06. Carolina has done it from 21 to 23. Proud of our boys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I don't know, it's yeah. Well, and, here, and here's all the playoff overtime games since then. So, to the, uh, the 21 first round game time against Nashville, that was a three-two win. Round yeah. So round one game six at Nashville, that was four-three in overtime. Tw- and then the second round game three against Tampa Bay was three-two. Twenty-twenty-two. Second round game one against the Rangers was 2 1. The 23 round two or round one game two against the Islanders was 4 3. Then game six was 2 1. And then last night, 3 2 against the Devils. That's all of our overtime wins in the last few years. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We say that we don't like overtimes. Brad, I am looking at you from the storm cellar. Do not ever mention an overtime game. No, 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 no. I don't blame it on Brad. I blame it on Brian. It was Brian. And I, I blame it on Brian. Both it. I confronted it about it last night. I, I, met, me too. I, met, I met Papa Pesci. He That's is awesome. 
everything and more of these on Twitter. And if he's listening to this, it was an honor to meet you. It was so fun. Oh my gosh. He was so stoked. It was so good to see him. Um, it, yeah. Was- yes. He definitely was the one who said OT and we said we were blaming him for it. Me and Jules confronted him about it a little bit. Oh, I mean, Brad said it too, though. And Brad's like, this series hasn't seen an overtime yet. I'm like, Brad? Dude, no. Start. Oh, sorry, um, one more thing about Jesper Foster, quick. Casey Hintz, uh, with his fifth of the postseason, Foster has now eight points in the playoffs. Career high. I know. And Alex talked about some about maybe next, like when his contract, like maybe if we're going to keep Foster or not. And I think he's. Mm-hmm. Making- a strong case to keep him not only what he can do on the ice um but just you know talking about with the rangers he was voted the most like i think they voted most likable player like everyone's favorite and i mean that is just the same on the canes i would feel like that kind of player is exactly what we love to have in our locker room so i think quickie yeah, I think Henrik Lundqvist even said it last night. I think when Foss was on the Rangers, they had like a vote every year. Like who was the most like favorite like teammate? Yep. Foss won it like what four or five years. He won like multiple years of best voted best teammate on those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to bring this up too. There was a couple. There was a couple tweets about it, and uh, Trip talked about it, and Bleach Report opened ice, and even Jeff Merrick talked about it too on Twitter. The last. <laughs> Back in 2006, Rod Burnmore scored a, a goal after a delay of game penalty, which eliminated Lindy Ruff's Buffalo Sabres in 06. And then this year, Rod Burnmore coached Hurricanes team, scored after a delay of game penalty, and eliminated Lindy Ruff's Devils. Mm-hmm. If you needed more of a connection between us and the two, this season and the 2006 team, the fact that they've eliminated a Lindy Ruff-led team after a delay of penalty delay of game penalty that's just oh poetic sweet i love it it's so great and then belly sports canes put this out last night was during rod's interview this is this is rod i'm just the old guy sitting behind the bench just watching this and enjoying how hard everyone is working and together it's a great group talking about how gratefully his first team performing the fact that we're down several good like silver our top scores like Mm-hmm. What more can you say about Ryan Brendamore? In this, it's just everything we talked about in the regular season, everything that was complaints from us, from other people, other Canes fans, things that the media was like they they don't do this well is just it's a it's a playoff built team. Like everything is coming together, just like Rod said that. Just like they said, we like our group. We are ready for this. Like it it didn't matter what everyone else was saying or thought because we weren't seeing behind the behind the scenes we just made it to the eastern conference final on a and i'll say it now fucking power play goal we made it (laughs) on a power play goal who would have called that that this season nobody but the fact that our power play and even the games where they don't score in the power play is looking pretty dang dangerous our power kill our power kill it is a power kill. Yes. Another one is a power kill. <laughs> yes. That is also intimidating. Like, I would, I mean, we'll see if it get, plays out this way, but to see that thing against what everyone is saying, the Edmonton Oilers and their cooking power play against this power kill would be something really interesting. Um, I want that on a t-shirt. I want a power kill just, on a t-shirt. Everything is clicking. Everyone is everyone is chipping in. Ever the goaltending is coming through. They're playing consistent hockey. The guys, if some guys don't score, other guys score. Like they if they get down a goal, they don't give up. That's what you want to see from a team that you've just been like, do they have it? Are they can they still get through? They don't have the big guns that everyone's been complaining that we don't have, whether through injury, we didn't get them at the trade deadline. And this team was like we're here. We're going to play the hockey that Rod Brennamore has taught us, has taught us and told us this is how we play. We're going to do it. I don't care if I'm on the score sheet. As long as that score sheet reads Carolina win, that's a win in my book. I'm going to play the defensive game. I'm going to, whether I'm on the ice for 15 minutes or four minutes, I will do my part on the ice. And it is amazing to watch because you don't, I, the fact that you don't see them give up, even the games 
the Islanders game and the Devils game where they got off their they got off their game. And the fact that both those teams had a moment to capitalize and make us pay for playing terrible hockey and couldn't. The moment we got our breath back, we were like, we're back. You you didn't you had your chance and now we're gonna make you pay. A hundred percent amazing. And the fact, I mean, granted, we'll see we'll see how the outcome of this game goes tonight. Um, but the fact that the, we could possibly have a final four of Florida, Carolina, Dallas, and Vegas is going to make some of the hockey purists lose their absolute mind. Oh, my God. I was talking – I was at a concert the night of game uh, four and was talking – we ended up sitting next to a Dallas fan and just started talking about that and how people get so mad at the Sunbelt teams and we're like – Sucks. I mean- Okay. Sorry. I, I, I mean, I, I like how someone, <laughs> I like how someone today mentioned to like all oh, the NHL is going to have a problem. The fact that the teams, they're, we're going to have a final four where it snows like six inches. I was just looking at that too. I was looking at that too. And I love, in- I love that everyone's immediate clapback is it's played inside my guy. Like it's in, <laughs> inside sports. Also we played outside and we won then too. So suck it. <laughs> Yeah, the the high like the it was like what it was, the high was like not even fifty degrees and the low was like in the thirties and we still sat outside freezing our butts off and watched our team mm-hmm. on metal bleachers beat. for not even all of it a lot of us were standing most of the time but well, well we well we had full down seats because we were in the corner end zone so but still it's like it was like we literally froze and watched our team beat the brakes off the Capitals. Mm-hmm. Oh, that what a great night that was. That whole day was great, but last night was so great too. Like, see, even, see, my even Kelly agrees. Even Kelly's <laughs> excited about it. But the fact that the Hurricanes won did it a lot faster than we all predicted. Me and Kat said six. Bailey said seven. They're like, oh, hold our beer, watch this. We'll do this in five, like we did in two thousand and six. So the connections are still connecting. And yep. now, like like Kat said, now we're waiting for Florida and Toronto. This episode is going out tonight. Um, because we don't we don't want to wait until Saturday to give you guys an episode. We wanted you to we we wanted to keep the good vibes going on Friday because the team's feeling it, the fans are feeling it. So we got to put a podcast out today. We had to, oh yeah, because we, we appreciate More everyone positivity who listens. in the air. Next game, we will win. We will we win. Will when, win. Whenever that game is, yes, oh, we my will win. for the rest of the time, boys. Let's go. Whenever whenever the next game is, yes, for sure. But we will have an episode out. Sunday, um, it's going to be late Sunday night, probably going into Monday morning. It depends on when the actual recording is, but we are going to preview around three. It's just, we don't want to wait forever, and we didn't want to do one today because we still don't really know yet because there's too much game left for Florida and Toronto. So I guess we'll see tonight. Who we'll knows? Toronto can take night. another few games and completely oh, turn the tide. Could you imagine? I, I hope not. So most likely it'll probably be Sunday night is what we're kind of looking at, but last night was so much fun real real quick though who 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 would you rather face florida mm. i mean they are they are on a tear yes but i think they'd be kind of fun to have a southeast division eastern conference final that's like, probably the only reason I would want it. I well, yes. have learned. I, I'm, after... not, I'm not chanting. I am not chanting. No, that. I'm not. I'm so not, I am that's not, the only I am reason. Not doing what Toronto did. I am not doing that. I know. The exactly only reason do not come I kind of... my mentions. Do not come in my mentions. I am not. <laughs> I'm not doing what Toronto did. I'm just saying. Okay, right Zach, now... get Bailey's finish your thought. <laughs> no, the saying. only reason I don't immediately go for Florida is they have taken on the reputation as an upset team as an underdog team and so for that if toronto ends up making it i i honestly don't have a preference i think either team that we see out of that series is going to be a really good challenge for us Um, whether it's learning to play the mental game or learning what we can do against real star power um, cause playing against Florida, I mean, we, we've learned to underestimate teams all the time and, and it comes to bite us in the ass. Yeah. Um, taking on Toronto is going to prepare us for whoever we see come out of the West, whether that be, I mean, maybe not Seattle, but even then Seattle's more of like a Florida type matchup for us. No. 
Seattle, Seattle's gonna be the whole Spider-Man meme of you pointing at each other and being yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> Kings of the East versus the Kings of the West. Pretty but much, pretty much. No, yeah. no matter who it is, uh, if we face the Oilers, if we face Dallas, we face Vegas. Like it's gonna, we're gonna come up against some good star power, and I think facing Toronto is gonna be a really good challenge for us. Yeah, either either way, either either team's gonna be interesting to face against. I mean, I just want Florida because of the fact that it'd be fun to have like a Southeast really give it to the old hockey heads. Right. Of two Southeastern teams going against each other in a mm-hmm. conference final. So I, I agree with that. I think my, my difference of who I would like to see is based on some play style. Um, I think Florida can play a little bit of the like um, just nitty gritty work mm-hmm. the puck style yep. that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the difference is that they add a little bit more of that extra physicality, a little bit more of the hits. I don't really particularly like, um, that is a little bit more like reminding me of like the Bruin style. Um, so I don't really, I don't like that as I wouldn't like that matchup as much as for that, because I want all of our guys to get through no injuries. Um, and again, you saw again, some of the physicality of the Islanders, a little bit of struggle there. Um, not saying the Leafs can't be, but I would say the Leafs with their a little bit of their star power and a little bit more of their just overall skill wise reminds me a little bit more of the Devils, where we might be the team that might crunch a little bit more. Um, so it's just kind of different. I mean, I, I guess for the Southern vi- vibes and just to make people go crazy. I mean, it would be really funny if Florida gets through and then we see this happening. Um, but I don't know. Either would be interesting. I don't want to predict either one. I mean, we're going to have to talk about it once we get actually through it. But I think the guys are up to – I think they've shown they're kind of up to the challenge with whatever team we play now. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Either either way, it's going to be a fun series, depending on who we face. It's just – I'm glad the Hurricanes are there. First team to punch their ticket. I'm glad we're having this conversation for once. Yes, (laughs) Yes, definitely for sure. Um, before we go, got to talk about our quick spo- our sponsors real quick before we go into our actual goodbyes too. Uh, please go check out Primal X Hockey. They've been our sponsors since day one. They are absolutely amazing. Uh, make sure to check them out at PrimalXHockey.com. Use the code SEARCHCAST for your Sebastian Ajo discount for 20% off. All hockey equipment, they got it. Helmets, stick, stick protectors, tape, socks, whatever you need. They also got really good merch. Um, over there as well, hats, koozies, hoodies, whatever you think of. They have a warehouse location in Raleigh, 10 minutes in the arena. Uh, they have a little store. You can go in there and pick up some stuff. Um, go check out their warehouse. They do free uh, online. They do free shipping in the States if you go online as well. They're also on Amazon. Please go check them out. And if you need to get your skate sharpened, you can do it there for $5. They're open during the week, Monday through Friday, and they are 10 to 1 on the weekend. So make sure to go check them out. Big shout out to those guys for being our amazing sponsors for as long as they have been. Kat, where can people find you and Five the Game Sports Network on the socials? <laughs> After she's yeah. done showing off her towel. It's very nice. It's very nice. <laughs> it's from the last time we were in the ECF. So I mean, I gotta you gotta you show have it. to. You have to. Oh, you, gotta show it. you got Jay Will you got Jay Willie on there. And Nino. There we go. Oh, um, yeah, you can find find Five in a Game Sports Network on Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. On Twitter, it's Five in a Game SN, all spelled out. Um, YouTube, it is Five G S N, the number five, and then G S N, and of course TikTok, Five in a Game S. No, sorry, Five Game S N. <laughs> um, man, who made the TikTok? They did not stick to the name. Just kidding. Uh, not not game, at all. Five Game S N. Um, again, spelled out. Uh, and then for me, you can find me at Kaniac Chick, um, f- posting fun videos, talking about the game, tweeting from the game, roasting the media, everything which way. <laughs> um, and then if you want to follow me on TikTok, where I put my videos first, or then on Instagram, it's KVT Hunter seventy four from one Jacob Slavin. And then of course the Surge Cast. Anywhere you look, it's all the same name. The Surgecast on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So go check us out on all of those. If you don't know the name, the Surgecast. Literally type it in, we'll pop up. <laughs> we all we also have a link tree on Twitter and Instagram too, where you can find listen listen to the show and check out uh, our amazing sponsors as well. Bailey, where can people find you on the socials? You can find me over on Twitter at Bailey Curtis, and that is Bailey with two eyes. 
Uh, lots of fun hockey content coming up, especially with us getting into the Eastern Conference final. It's going to be a blast. I'm hoping you'll join me and my lovely co-hosts over on Twitter for the journey. Um, if you're interested in, in a more kind of personal uh, look into my life, uh, that's not as hockey related, but it does kind of pop up every now and again. You can find me over on Instagram at Bailey Lynn Curtis. Um, and then I help run things over on the YouTube side. So hi, hello, if you're watching this. Um, be sure to hit that red subscribe button down below. Uh, leave a comment down below. Let us know what you kind of think of everything going on so far uh, with hockey, whether you're watching this now or a few weeks from now. Um, and speaking of when you're watching it, be sure to hit that bell notification right next to that big red subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Zach! Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at one true Zach. That's only true Zach. It's spelled out, not the number one. Uh, if you're looking for more personal stuff for me, like hobbies and stuff like that, go check out my Instagram. That's Zach R Martin twenty two. If you want to go check out over there. But until this weekend on Sunday night, depending on how the other Eastern Conference semifinal goes, we will preview round three for an Eastern Conference final between New York Carolina Hurricanes. And insert other team here because we still don't know yet. But until then, for episode 49 of season two of the Searchcast, I'm Zach. I'm Bailey. I'm Kat. And we'll see you next time here. For the Eastern Conference Final! Woo-hoo! Let's go! <laughs> At the Searchcast. Bye! See ya. Holla your ass out of here. <laughs>